Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the LifePoint Christian Church Podcast. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome, everyone. Welcome. So good to have you. If you're watching us online, wherever you're at, or maybe even around the world somewhere, or at least around the country, we know I have different people around the country watching. Welcome, everybody here. Are you thrilled to be here today? Everybody thrilled? Good, good, good. Some of you seeing you uh, for the first time, you know, in 10, 11 months, and, and we know you have, you have to go and sign up, and you know, those spots go quick, and, and so uh, glad you're able to be here with us today. If you're watching online, we're thrilled to have you watching online, and we miss you. We look forward to the day you can join us uh, in person, whether it's in the building. Uh, also, we're still meeting outdoor uh, at uh, 8.30, 9.45, 10 o'clock outdoor, and uh, you can join us out there. You can even stay in your car and listen on the FM radio. Uh, if you're still like, ah, I don't want to be too close to people, that's still an option too. So, or keep watching online. All of them work. All right, hey, before we dive in, um, uh, four years ago, Darla Blanton, who's our children's director, came to me and said, hey, Mike and I have been talking, and uh, we uh, have decided that, you know, as long as we can stay at LifePoint, uh, my plan is to retire at age 62. I was like, that sounds good. How old are you now? Actually, I didn't ask that. That would have probably been a bad thing to ask, but, uh, and so uh, she said, so that will be in four years. I was like, okay, sounds good. And so we talk and joke over the years and like, hey, it's, you know, it's three years. Hey, it's two years. Um, Believe it or not, that is in May of this year, which is insane to think about that it's been four years. COVID really messed this whole thing up. We had this plan, bring somebody in, celebrate for a year. I mean, Dara's literally been in tears um, knowing that her last year at LifePoint actually is what this has been. I probably shouldn't say too much, darling. You'll start crying right now. So, um, but anyway, uh, I want to let you know. So May 23rd is going to be her last day, and then she's retiring, and she's excited about that. This is going to be brutal uh, uh, seeing her go. We love her 16 years serving on our, in our staff and our ministry. Uh, praise God for that. But I want to tell you this. Uh, we're going to celebrate. And so I, I, right now, put it on your calendar. No matter what, put it on there. May 23rd, you're not going to want to miss that. You're going to want to be here. That day is going to be incredible. Uh, leading up to that, you're going to want to connect with her, share with her how she's uh, impacted your life. And, and, uh, and Darla, I, know, I mean, I know you're retiring, and, and you have served faithfully, and it's been incredible. And our church is what we are today, a large part because of how God's used you. Um, and we're going to miss you. We really are. And, and, and it, I mean, we'll get into all that later. It's going to be tough to miss you. But just for the record, your husband, Mike, isn't leaving. Uh, I need Mike. So, I mean, I need you, but I really need Mike with these services. So wherever Mike's at right now. Oh, there you are, Mike. You can't go. So, uh, we'll, anyway, well, you know, and maybe even God willing, we'll find a way to, you know, enter retirement, still be part of the church and figure that out. So, anyway, um, that's coming. And... Uh, it can be tough, but uh, we honor you. Uh, 16 years. Uh, I, I'm, other than I haven't spent that time much time in ministry with anybody, but I've loved every minute of it. So praise God. All right, we're in week two of our of our series where we're looking at some key principles that are found in Scripture that pertain to you and I being good and godly stewards of our finances, of all that God has entrusted to our care. Remember what Jesus said, he said this, where your treasure is, and this is a key word today, where your treasure is, there your what? There your heart is. And Jesus wants simply your heart. That's all Jesus ever cares about, your heart. 
a heart that's fully devoted and dedicated to him. And he just knows that the path or the way to us fully surrendering our heart to him and to his will, believe it or not, Jesus says it, is through our finances. Now, I got to tell you, I love to talk about generosity. I really do. It's, it's one of my favorite topics to talk about. It's not because I'm a preacher. I just, as a person, I love talking about generosity. But I dislike how it's often done in Christian circles, especially as it pertains to the two words that we're focusing on today, and that's the words sowing and reaping. I, I, I so dislike how the manipulation that often goes on that I'm sure you've seen at some point, right? You've seen, you know, over the years, maybe watched a few minutes of, of those preachers, you know, with their, with their funny hair and their, you know, their pimped out suits and their Rolex watches. And they're standing up there and they're saying, hey, pull out your, watch, your wallets right now. Everybody pull out your wallets, you know, pull them out. And they'll wait till everyone, pull them out. Because if you sow a $1,000 seed right now today, you are going to reach, reap a harvest. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. And I hear that and I'm like, man, it makes me angry. The kind of manipulation that goes on when these preachers do this. So the question is, what is the actual principle or principles behind sowing and reaping? What does God say? Now here's the principle. Very simple. What you keep is all you have, but what you give, God multiplies. What you keep is all you have, but what you give, God multiplies. And even though this specific series is focused on you and I being good and godly managers of our finances, this principle is true in any arena of your life. If you keep something for, you, for yourself, that's all you're going to have. Think about that. That could be related to your time. That could be related to your talent. That could be related to your treasures, to any area of your life. If you keep it, that's all you're going to have. But if you take what you have, if you give that away, if you plant it, if you, to use Bible language, if you sow it, then God can multiply that in your life. So I want everybody to say with me, let's say it together so you make it personal. What I keep is all I have. But what I give, God multiplies. Good. What I keep is all I have. But what I give, time, talent, treasure, it doesn't matter what arena of our life. That's what God then multiplies. Here's how Jesus said it in Luke chapter 6, verse 38. He said this. He said, give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. Now, you hear that and you go, what is Jesus saying there? What is this good measure pressed down, shaken uh, together and running over? What does that even mean? Well, Jesus' audience understood what he was talking about. He under they understood because they were a part of an agrarian society. So that they understood that whenever there was a harvest of wheat, for example, the landowners, they would hire day laborers to come in and, and work the fields. And they'd have these big baskets and they would fill these baskets full of wheat and they were heavy and large and it was hard to get them across the fields. So what would the day laborers do? They'd take those baskets, but they'd only fill them like half full so they weren't so heavy and difficult to transport across the fields. But at the end of the week... The landowner would come and often say to the people, he would say, okay, look, it's the last day of the week. I'm, I'm getting ready to pay you. And so the last basket that you fill, that is yours to take home. That's your wages. <clears throat> 
So how do you think they filled the basket? I'll tell you how they filled the basket. Was it just half full? No way, man. They filled it like I did years ago when self-service yogurt first came out. And if you remember back then, you could, there were three sizes, right? Or maybe even four, small, medium, and large, and they were set prices. Do you remember that? And so you walked up to that yogurt machine and you'd put your, your, you know, your small, I'd grab a small, right? I'd take the small and I'd put it up there. And as it was coming out, I'd push it up against that yogurt. And then I'd press it, pack it down on the counter, right? And I'd press it up and I'd pull it down and I'd just keep pressing in there and packing it down and pressing it in there. And so it was a small, but it was like two pounds of, of yogurt, right? Did anybody else do that? Okay, maybe not. But, but you know, okay, so that was maybe my thing. But because of people like me, yogurt shops got smart and they started charging by the ounce rather than by, you know, the small, medium, and large, my cup of yogurt was a good measure of yogurt, pressed down, shaken, and running over. So on the last day, these laborers, they would take their ba- basket and they would, they would fill it and they would, they would, you know, press it down so that, you know, there was no air in the basket, that the week would take up every aspect of the basket and it would be running over. And so what Jesus is saying, he says, that's what God does. That's how God treats us. That's how God gives to us back into our life when we have the spirit and an attitude and a demonstration of generosity. What you keep is all you have, but what you give, God multiplies. Now, this gets distorted by what's known uh, uh, as the prosperity gospel. Maybe you've heard of that term before. That basically says that if you would give and have enough faith when you give, and give generously, then you too can have, you know, the Rolex watch, or the Rolls Royce, or, or God will make you rich. But if you're poor, you need to have more faith. You need to give more. That's the prosperity gospel. There's a flip side to the prosperity gospel. It's called the poverty gospel. The poverty gospel basically says that, that you are, you, if you're wealthy or rich, you're actually wicked, and that the, only the righteous people are the ones who are poor. And of course, we know from Scripture that's not true. What you have and don't have doesn't make you righteous or unrighteous. Scripture doesn't say that it's bad to have wealth or to have money. In fact, Second Timothy, or First Timothy chapter 6, what does it say? You might know the verse. It talks about, for it's the love of money. That's the root of all our evil. That's what's bad when we love money. It's wrong to love money. It's not wrong to have money. Deuteronomy chapter 8 says that God is the one who gives wealth. So someone can be faithful and generous and godly, and yeah, they could even be wealthy, just as someone can be stingy, unrighteous, and poor. There's the righteous poor and the unrighteous poor. There's the righteous wealthy and the unrighteous wealthy. The key is whether or not you and I are faithful with what God has entrusted to our care. Whether or not that we will be, because God's inviting us to be generous with whatever it is we have, whatever's been entrusted to our care. What you keep is all you have, but what you give, God then multiplies. 
Now, there's two other key principles of the sowing and reaping I want to tell you about before we dive into a couple more verses. And the first principle is this. You reap what you sow. We all know that, right? We're very familiar with that. Galatians chapter 6 says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. If you plant a seed of corn, you're not going to get spinach, right? You're going to get corn. If you plant an apple seed, you get an apple tree. It's just a principle that works. If you smile at somebody, it's more likely that they'll smile back. If you forgive somebody, there's a better likelihood they'll forgive you. If you're generous towards somebody, it's more likely they'll be generous towards you. If you offer hospitality to someone, it's more likely they'll offer hospitality towards you. Right? If you go on, uh, uh, on, on YouTube the evening before and say, I've never ridden a motorcycle and, and you know, uh, I'm going to watch and learn how to shift the motorcycle and you conclude, hey, how hard can it be? And then the next day you go out and ride motorcycles with people, you're going to reap what you sow. And I reaped what I sowed and I crashed multiple times because, oh yeah, just watch YouTube. How hard can it be? Right? You reap what you sow. You understand that. There's a second principle. You also reap more than you sow. You also reap more than you sow. Jesus talks about this multiple times. In Matthew chapter 19, he said this. He said, everyone who has has given up houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or child or property for my sake, Jesus said, they will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. Give your life to God. And God will give you more than you could ever possibly imagine, beyond your wildest imaginations. Jesus told told another story in Matthew chapter 13, and he talks about this sower who went out to sow seed. And a bunch fell on bad soil, and nothing good came from it, but a bunch fell on good soil. And he said, some of that seed returned 30-fold, 60-fold, and even 100-fold. In other words, you will reap more than you sow. When you sow in the right way and in the right places. Now, we've had a few crazy reap what you sow and reap more than you sow stories in the Delphs family over the years. And they've been in all aspects of our life. We've had reap what you sow, reap more than you sow emotionally and, and mentally and physically and, and spiritually and, and even financially. I was reminded as I was thinking about the message this week, I was reminded of one of the craziest financial reap what you sow, reap more than you sow stories that ever took place in the Delphs family was during LifePoint's last capital campaign. Uh, we called it Beyond, that God could do beyond what we could ask, think, or imagine. And I'm not going to get into all the details of, of it. I wish I could. I wish I could share all the stories of what God did. But just on a high level, Heather and I were praying And we sense God leading us to a number to give back to him, to offer up to him. Man, I got to tell you, it took a lot of faith to say yes, God, to that number. I mean, there was no way we could fulfill that on our own. We didn't have that in our possession. We didn't have any likelihood of, of that coming to us anytime soon. God would literally have to provide beyond our imagination to fulfill that goal. It was a huge faith step for us. And some of you were in that journey with us, and and you took huge faith steps also. On top of that, we were getting ready to send our oldest Kobe to a Christian university, which just isn't cheap. Well, when it was all said and done, we said, this is what God's calling us to. And we sowed the seed. And it was tough to sow those seeds each week. 
It was tough to write those checks, but we kept doing it, and we kept doing it. When it was all said and done, having sowed that seed, we looked back and said, it's amazing, it's a miracle that God provided us the ability to do this, but not only to fulfill the commitment, but he did like a super-duper miracle by providing us for being able to get Kobe through college. Now, I got to tell you, it doesn't always work that way. That isn't always how it worked. The prosperity gospel teachers will tell you that's how it always works. It doesn't always come back to you financially. But we saw in that instance, we reaped more than we sowed. We still pause every once in a while and look back and think, God, how did you do that? All these ways you worked, all these ways we just tried to be faithful to you, God, but you just took care of us in amazing ways. You reap what you sow, you reap more than you sow. So with that in mind, I want to finish off these next few minutes looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And I want to look at a couple giving truths that I'm hoping, that I'm praying will totally transform your generosity as you watch these sowing and reaping principles play out in your life. Again, this topic, we're, ta- we're asking you to think about this through the lens of finances, but you can also think about this topic through the lens of your talent, of your time, of any area of your life. But we're, we're asking you to, you know, specifically this series, think through your finances, but also bring the other areas in as well. So here's the first truth from 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Your heart matters when you give. Say the word heart. Your heart matters when you give. In fact, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, Paul said it this way. He said, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. There's that principle again, right? He's already talking about the reap what you sow. And as it pertains to financial giving, because again, there's all sorts of ways we can apply this. He's saying, if you don't give much, just don't expect a lot coming back to you. You can't reap what you don't sow. Then he says this, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. If you plant a lot of seeds, you get a better harvest. You plant a lot of seeds, you get a better harvest. So here's the key. Paul says, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7, each of you should give whatever you have decided in your heart to give. Say the word heart. Heart to give. Not reluctantly. Or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And you've, some of you, if you've been in church for a long time, you've heard giving messages and stewardship messages. And you might know, some of you don't know this, but some of you know that that Greek word for cheerful is translated literally as hilarious. God loves a hilarious giver. It's like God's going, God loves a person who says, man, I am so stoked. I am so psyched to be able to give, to be generous. Oh, God, I love to do this. God, giving is such a blessing. God says he loves that. It reminds me of a story of a man who was trying to teach, or a woman who was trying to teach her daughter the principles of generosity. And so she said, hey, sweetheart, listen, I'm going to give you a $5 bill and a $1 bill. And this Sunday, when we're sitting in church and the offering bags are passed, um, I want you to give one of those bills to God. And you decide which one. So Sunday morning came and they're sitting there and the offering bags are passed. This was pre-COVID, so offering bags were passed. And, and, and uh, the bags were passed and the mom could see that her daughter was just kind of sitting there and had the five and the one and was just kind of wrestling. Like she, the mom could see like, daughter's thinking through this, right? 
So the bag comes to her, and she's looking at the five, and she's looking at the one. And she puts the one into the bag. Well, on the way home, the mom uh, says to her daughter, she says, hey, sweetie, I am so, so proud of you that you gave to God. That is awesome. And if you have that in your life and that's always what you do, God is going to move in amazing ways in your life. I'm so proud of you. I'm just curious, sweetie. How come you chose, I saw you, how come you chose to give the one and not the five? And, and the daughter said to her, she said, hey, mom, I, I was listening to the pastor, and the pastor said that, you know, God lo- the Bible says that, that God loves a cheerful giver. And I figured I'd be much more cheerful if I gave the one than giving the five. God loves when your heart gives cheerfully. Now, over the last 18 years, I have listened to so many stories of those who are generous. And all of the, almost all of the stories go the same way. They basically say this, when we started giving, because I would ask, tell me your giving story, tell me your testimony, tell me how God's moved in this area. And they, all the, almost all the stories, they say this, when we first started really giving, our hearts gave out of obedience first. And I thought about it, and I was like, well, that's true of me. We talked about that last week, the principle of first, that the first goes to God. That's what God's called us to do. And so I understand that our first fruit, it's God's. And so you give that to God first. And so we give out of a heart of obedience. But as I listen to their stories, as they share, as time went on, their hearts not only gave out of obedience, but their hearts got more and more excited about it. Their hearts got even more cheerful about it. Their hearts even started looking for opportunities that God would send their way and say, God, is this from you? Are you calling me to give this? Because they wanted to give even more. It's this journey. God loves a, a, a heart, a cheerful heart that gives. And God also loves an obedient heart. And so I tell you that because that has been the journey I've watched so many take. That for some of us, yeah, it'll start out of a place of obedience, and eventually our heart is our heart's doing it out of obedience, and eventually our heart gets to the point, man, where we're laughing, we're cracking up, and we're excited about the opportunity because we've seen what God does in our life. The first truth of sowing and re- reaping, your heart matters when you give. Decide in your heart what you're going to give. Take the time, pray about it, and give from your heart. There's a second truth of sowing and reaping. And that's simply this, you cannot outgive God. Have you figured that out yet? Some of you, I think, have already figured that out. I'm not sure all of us have. You cannot outgive God. Again, it's like uh, we look at this, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, it says this, and God will generously provide all that you need. Say the word all. All that you need. Then you will always have everything you need and, catch this, and plenty of leftover to share with others. This again is like the metaphor of a sower sowing seed. What seeds do you have to give? You have your time, your talent, you have your voice, your heart, your words, your financial resources. You have all of that. He gives you and I so many seeds. The Apostle Paul goes on to say in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10, he says, For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Listen, it's not he is going to make you rich. That's never what it is. He's not going to make you monetarily rich, I should say. What he is going to do, he's going to make you more like himself. John chapter 3, verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he what? What does it say? That he gave. 
You're the most like God when you're generous, when you're a giver. Back to our Beyond campaign story in the Delfts family. Looking back, it was clear. We couldn't outgive God. I mean, we made a commitment that God needed to show up. It wasn't possible. We didn't have the resources. It wasn't possible at the time. But God blew us away. All because we sowed a seed. We took a faith step, a bigger step than we'd ever taken before. And we look back and go, you know what? The story is, the story is simple. You want to summarize our story? It's not about our faith. It's not about us taking the step of obedience. It's not about us listening. It's not about any of that. The story is simple. You can't outgive God. It's not possible. Time, talent, treasure, it doesn't matter what area of your life. And I'm telling you, if you will get this right in your life, if you will get to a place of just saying, God, I am going to sow seeds in my life generously, financially, with my time, with my talent, all areas of my life. I'm going to be a generous person. I'm going to be generous with with praise towards people. I'm going to be a generous encourager. I'm going to be generous with my finances. I'm going to be generous with what I do with my time and not just hoard it to me. When we get this right, and especially like Jesus talks as it pertains to your finances, man, it will revolutionize everything every area of your life. You can't get out, give God. It's impossible. Last principle of sowing and reaping. People will thank God when you give. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11 says, yes, you will be enriched in every way. See, God's saying, I, I don't limit my blessings to just money. That's too easy. He says, all aspects of your life are going to be enriched when you live a life of generosity. Then let's read on. You will be made rich in every way so that what? So that you can blow it all on yourself, take life easy, enjoy, sit back, and be selfish. Is that what it says? No. So that you can always be generous. God's going to bless us so that we can keep blessing others. And when we take those gifts to those who need them, what's going to happen? It says they will thank God. When you sow seeds of generosity, others end up thanking God and praising God because of your generosity, because of your selflessness. Now, it's just like God to present you and I an opportunity to put this message into practice this very week. I actually, again, I just kind of chuckled at God. This is hilarious. I mean, my message was basically done. Um, and we were wrapping it up, and I was like, cool, we're going to finish a little shorter message, and then this call comes to me. Ed Connor calls me. Some of you know who Ed. Ed's one of my dearest friends. We've backpacked together, fished together, uh, served in Mexico together, gone to Israel together. Ed's one of the most generous people I know with his time, talent, and treasure. Ed has served a couple decades at New Hope Church, our adopted sister church in the Pocket Meadowview area. He served doing the gift of groceries. Now, most of you hopefully know by now that we partner with New Hope in this amazing ministry that provides food on a weekly basis for people who literally desperately need it. Well, um, a few years back, Ed actually felt called by God to leave LifePoint and go and actually, you know, become a member at New Hope and just uh, be there full-time, not just doing gift of groceries. Again, the most selfless thing I've ever seen an individual do. 
So anyway, we have this partnership with New Hope Church, and we do, and a lot of you serve in that, and many of you faithfully serve. This last year, in the midst of COVID, Gift of Groceries served 48,000 people and provided 1,043,000 pounds of groceries to 48,000 people. Put your hands together and praise God for that. That's remarkable. And that's all from a church of less than 100 people. That's insane. In my mind, that is definitely what you give God multiply story, like a thousandfold. LifePoint members, a bunch of you, we go every single day, stop at the Raley's and then uh, on Elk Road Boulevard and take up like, like good food, like that aren't just canned food, you know, milk and eggs, cheese and all that, and meat and all that kind of stuff. We delivered, our church delivered 44 tons or 90,000 pounds of that uh, gift of groceries that has come in. It's incredible, and I praise God for those who serve in that ministry. And if you don't, I invite you to consider, even if it's once a month, once a week, and, and participate. The more that do, the easier that ministry is for us. So anyway, Ed calls, and this is how he started off. Uh, Ed and I are good friends. He said, hey, no pressure. <laughs> uh, I just started laughing, man. I was like, Ed, you're awesome. He goes, no, because again, we have this cool relationship. He goes, no pressure, but I want to tell you a need we have. And that's tough for him because LifePoint, if, I mean, you guys don't realize our ministry with them, it's huge, and we're a big part of that, even though the physical work happens there. And so even him coming to me, you know, it was a little bit tough for him. He said, no pressure, but I just want to tell you our need. Our parking lot hasn't been able to handle the 8,000-pound forklift they have that goes and picks up these couple thousand-pound uh, um, containers of all this food they get from the Sacramento Food Bank and all that, and, and because they're one of the uh, best ministry, gift of grocery ministries in the Sacramento region. And so that's 10, 12,000 pounds going through the parking lot. The parking lot's getting destroyed, and recently a few people have actually been hurt as a result. The forklift is tipped over. They've lost groceries, and it's just been kind of rough for them. He said, you know what? It's time. We knew this was coming. But we need to replace 12,500 square feet of our parking lot area with six inches of concrete that's six inches thick so that we can continue safely to do our gift of grocery ministries. And it's got to cost 100 grand. And he said, over the next month, we're asking our little church, New Hope, for 100% participation. And he said, I just want to see if you would consider sharing that need with the LifePoint family. Well, I sense God speaking to me in that very moment, just this go all in. So I t told Ed, I said, we're all in. I'm going to ask for 100% participation from us, every adult, teenager, and child. And whether you can donate one square foot of concrete, it's, uh, the, the price comes out to eight bucks a square foot. Whether it's one square foot or you can donate 10 square feet or 100 square feet or 1,000 square feet or somebody might say, I'll, I'll take care of 10,000 square feet. Let's just get this done. My hope and my prayer is that every single one of us will pray and participate. Now, a couple of you, your hearts might be moved to say, listen, I'll, uh, I'll match, you know, you know, five people who will donate 1,000 square feet. And so if you're thinking, if God's stirring you, saying, I want to provide matching gifts to stir our people to generosity, if that's you, definitely let me know. Come up to me or email me or text me or something personally, and I'll, we'll make sure and we'll let people know if there's any matching gifts that want to come our way. 
So that happened, and I, I just chugged. I was laughing. He's like, Ed's like, what are you laughing about? I got, God's timing's always perfect. Have you figured that out? It's always perfect. God knew we'd be in this series. God knew Ed would call on this specific week during this, the service. I just love that God's giving us a specific opportunity to sow generously and put the message into practice. Some of you are thinking, yeah, COVID, Chris, and LifePoint, and our budget's smaller than it's been in the past, and, 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 and you know, we have our own needs, and it's going to be a tough and tight year for us. And, and, and also, Pastor, what about people in our own church who have needs? I mean, fences blew down, and people are without jobs, and should we really be taking this step? And I want you to hear me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Why? Because you can't outgive God. You can't outgive them. What you keep is all you have. What you give, God multiplies. This is not a time for life point to hoard and hold to ourselves. This is actually a time to double down and to be more generous with what God has provided us. Can I hear an amen to that? That's what God's calling us to. And I pray that you will be a person who says, I get this. And I trust that God will provide. I can't outgive God. He'll provide for me. He'll provide for our church. He'll provide for them. He'll provide for all of our needs. And it certainly isn't always financial. But the principle is true. We reap what we sow, and we reap even more than we sow. So I'm psyched for this opportunity. 2 Corinthians 9. Let me read it again. We've been made rich in every way so that we can be generous on every occasion. So I'm asking you. Would you pray? Would you pray? Ask God to speak to your heart about how many square feet you would give. How do you do it? Go to our website. Go to the Give tab. Under the Give tab, when you'll see that, it'll say General Fund. You click on that, and there's some drop-down tabs. One of the tabs says, you know, New Hope parking lot. This isn't our first fruits that we give that we talked about last week. You keep doing that. That's just This is you taking another step saying, I'm going to go in there, or I'm going to text to give, and you can go through that process. Or you can give with a check, put in the memo, New Hope. Or you can give cash, put on an envelope, New Hope. This is us taking some deliberate steps. And in the end, as the final truth told us, 2 Corinthians 9-11, people will thank God because of your generosity. Man, I look at this and go, I'm so excited to bless something that is blessing 48,000 people. A church of 100 people touched the lives of 48,000 with a million pounds of food? <laughs> God takes what we sow and he said, I'm going to go crazy. As a church, as individuals, I'm hoping we strive to be the most generous people on planet Earth with our time, with our talent, with our treasures. And when we do that, God's going to have more and more people thank him our generosity. What you keep is all you have. What you give, God multiplies. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this principle, these principles. And God, I know that you will not only multiply, you'll multiply it for your kingdom and for your glory. And so God, I pray right now that you would stir our hearts and stir our hearts, God, first of all, just to practice the principle we talked about last week of you get our first, always. But God, you would also stir our hearts when you give us extra opportunities. And we just be generous. 
So I'm going to ask you right now, wherever you are, whether you're watching online, listening online, or here in the room, would you pray something like this? Just say, God, I want to be open to your spirit. How many square feet are you asking me to give towards? What are you asking me to give? God, thank you. I know that I'm most like Jesus when I'm generous with my life. And I want to submit to you and surrender to you. Guys, we get ready for this time of communion. I know this is all about you being generous with your life so that we could have life. Thank you, God, for modeling for us this generosity spirit. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. You can learn more about us by visiting us online at lifepoint.org. If you are ever in the Sacramento area, we would love to see you in person. Events and service times can be found on our website. Thank you for listening, and we hope you join us for our next episode.